Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. Welcome to the Rising Stars Show, where we celebrate some of the best writers you may not have heard about, but who offer information and inspiration with much food for thought. I'm Miriam Knight, the publisher of New Consciousness Review, a website and magazine where we review many of the books and films contributing to the global shift in consciousness. For the past five years on NCR Radio, I've been interviewing uh, one author or filmmaker a week. But now, with the pace of awakening speeding up, here on Rising Stars, I will be introducing you to two or three authors per show, especially indie authors who might not have had as many opportunities to be heard. While you may not resonate with all their messages, I trust you will find some gems among them that add pieces to the puzzle of who we are and all we can become. Our first guest today is Lisa Warner. Lisa is the author of Simplicity in Healing and uh, in Self-Healing. And Lisa grew up as an elite figure skater, expecting to stay healthy and fit for life. However, as she began to struggle along life's path, as you know how that goes, she fell into a depression and her health began to deteriorate. Staring cancer in the face, Lisa knew that she had to uncreate it from its source, her consciousness. As she released the emotional wounds she had been carrying, she effectively erased disease from her body and from her reality. She's now passionate about inspiring others to do the same. Her book, The Simplicity of Self-Healing, is the inside look at the consciousness Lisa used to heal her body. It's designed to help readers see their bodies from a different perspective and help them to see that there is nothing wrong with their bodies, ever. Lisa Warner, welcome. Thank you so much, Miriam. I'm so pleased to be here. It's such an honor. Thank you for inviting me. Lisa, you say that the body is designed to be radiantly healthy and stay that way. If this is true, then why do we experience disease? Well, just like we experience, just like our minds are meant to be healthy and happy and joyful, it's the same reason that we start uh, to experience depression, that we experience mental illnesses, that as soon as the body and the energy field and the emotions all start to get out of, out of whack, then the cellular structure of the body starts to get out of whack as well. So science tells us that when we're under a lot of stress, the body produces hormones um, that then cause stress within the cellular structure of the body. So our emotions definitely impact the way our body responds. So you're saying that it's really our, um, our mental attitude towards life that predisposes us or opens us to the possibility of disease. And I'm assuming that there are 
certainly external factors like toxins and exposures to things that don't help the situation. But we know that a lot of people are exposed to the same environment and yet don't get sick. So the big question is, why do some people get sick and other people not? Now, you state that our bodies are the direct reflections of our beliefs about themselves. What does that mean? Yeah. So whatever we believe about our reality is going to be reflected back to us. So if we believe that we're inevitably going to age, going to get sick, going to encounter problems, all of those things, that's what gets reflected back to us in our reality. So anything that we believe, we will begin to experience. So as soon as we believe that life is difficult, things are stressful, oh, I'm not okay, um, I'm, in, I'm in danger, oh, I, I don't have enough money, I can't pay my bills, all of those things begin to be reflected in our reality. And everything around us, including our bodies, begin to reflect all of those beliefs back to us. That can be hard for some people to take on board. How did you actually manage to take that on board and, and heal yourself? Well, I knew when I was very young, just instinctively, I knew that our bodies were meant to be radiantly healthy. And I didn't know how I knew it. I just knew it. I just knew it as a fact. And so when I started to experience physical issues, I realized that I was not healthy and happy in my mental body. I was not a happy camper in this life. And I knew that my mental, emotional state was causing my body to react the way it was. I wasn't really sure how that was happening, but all I knew was that it was happening. And I instinctively knew that if I could clear out all of those patterns of lack and limitation and I'm not good enough and, and all of those things that had been plaguing me, I knew that I would become much happier as a person, and I knew that my body would respond to that. And so that's what I did in my journey. I decided, I started to study as much as I could about consciousness. And then I found uh, Jim Self with Mastering Alchemy. And he started to... Uh, he teaches all about the body's energy field and how the body's energy field impacts the cellular structure and how our emotions directly impact the energy field. And so I started to really put all of these pieces of the puzzle together. And I started clearing out all of the emotional patterns, all of those beliefs that were telling me that I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, I'm not certain, all of those things. I started to replace all of those things with all the things that I wanted, all the things that I desired to be, you know, happy, healthy, wealthy. I started to place my attention on those things for a long time until I found Jim. I actually didn't realize that you could just be happy, that you could actually just choose to be happy. I really thought that something external to myself had to happen in order for me to be happy. But one of the first things I learned uh, 
in my studies through Mastering Alchemy was you can actually just be happy. (laughs) And (laughs) so I started to choose that. I said, I want that. So I sat and I thought of things that made me happy during the day. And I would sit for five or 10 minutes at a time focusing on happy, on something that would make me happy. And then I realized that as I was focusing on that thing, whatever it was that caused me to feel happy, I realized that I was just feeling happy by where I was placing my attention. So I started to place my attention on my radiantly healthy body. I remembered back to when I was figure skating and I had this really healthy, fit, athletic body. And I realized, remembered how easy it was to be in that body. And I remembered how resilient my body normally is and how healthy it normally is. And I started to place my attention there. And as I did that, as I, as I placed my focus on happy and healthy, my body started responding and my mind started responding as well because it's, I started to come out of my states of depression. I started to let go of that anxiety that I had been feeling all of the time. I started to realize that I had a choice, that I didn't actually have to experience those things on a regular basis, that they weren't actually designed to stay put in my energy field all the time, that I could actually choose how I experience myself. And as I experienced myself in a more healthy mental state, as I started clearing out all of those beliefs, then I started having these expanded awarenesses about my body. And I started to see how I was keeping myself subject to physical imbalance. And I started to see that the fear that I had about my body, when I knew that I was looking at cancer and I thought, oh my God, this is horrible. This is the worst thing that could possibly happen. And finally I realized, you know what? These cancer cells are just the cells of my body. They're my cells. They're my body. It's my body sending me a message. And because my body is responding directly to me, I realized it was me sending me a message. And so I decided to start listening to what that message was. I started to listen to my body. I started listening, just getting very, very quiet and asking questions. What do I need to know? What else can I know about this? What do I know about this that I don't know that I know? I started asking questions and pretty soon the answers started to arrive until one day I saw that I had been keeping myself victim of my own body. I was so afraid of my own body. I was so resentful that my body was not healing itself, that it was, that it was you know, out of balance. I realized that, oh my gosh, I'm just keeping myself locked in this, in this pattern and I don't need to do that anymore. Wow. And as soon as I saw that big pattern, everything started to fall into place and my body started to respond really quickly. And all of the symptoms that I was having went away. All of the, all of the things, all of the pain, all of the discomfort, all of the symptoms. Well, we want to hear more about that, Lisa, but <laughs> we're just about to take a break. But that is amazing. What is your website? 
My website is connectingyoutoyou.com. Connectingyoutoyou.com. Lisa Warner is the author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. We're going to be right back right after this break. Conscious lifestyle for a mindful life. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Aliyah, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Om Times Media one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. What if business could be fun? What if business is the adventure of living? What are you choosing? Where do you do business that makes it easier, more fun, or more joyful for you? We'd love to see where you do business. Connect with us on Instagram at Joy of Business or Twitter at Joy of Business and share your pictures with hashtags Business Doneware and Joy of Business. Let's change the world with business. Live with Medium Lisa Phoenix, Mediumship Messages and Musings explores mediumship and all things metaphysical. Lisa Phoenix invites you to reach above and beyond your everyday experiences to explore new dimensions in the spirit world. She will do live readings to connect callers to their loved ones in spirit, shares engaging stories and teachings from her own personal experience, and will have intriguing conversations with other mediums, spiritual teachers, and healers to help you understand the metaphysical world so you can connect to these forces in your day-to-day life. Join your host on this magical and metaphysical journey into the world of spirit every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Welcome back. We're speaking with Lisa Warner, the author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. Her website is connectingyoutoyou.com. Lisa, that was an amazing story that you were telling us before the break. You say that cancer is not what we've been led to believe it is. What do you mean by that? Well, from my personal experience, what I realized about that, as I was saying earlier, was that I realized that those cancer cells were just the cells of my own body. I had been looking at them as something that had invaded me. I thought that I was being attacked by this cancer Until finally, I realized that, well, wait a minute, where did these cells come from? They came from my body. They're just my own cells. And so I learned that directly from my own experience. And then since I've read, since I've published the book, I've actually come across the clinical data, the medically uh, researched data from this doctor in Germany, uh, Dr. Hammer 
uh, it's called German New Medicine. And he discovered the exact same thing. He discovered that thoughts and emotions, uh, some sort of a conflict, an emotional trauma happens, which is then taken in by the body. And then the body goes into a response system, into a self-healing response system. And he discovered that those cancers, the, the ones that you, when you're, uh, the cancerous tumors, the tumors are actually being built up. Those extra cells are actually part of the body's survival process. They're part of the healing cycle. And that once the, once the emotional crisis is resolved, then those cells break back down. And that's when we experience the pain and the inflammation and, you know, fluids, different things. That's where the discomfort lies when the uh, tumor starts to break back down. And that's when we start to notice them and we go, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with me? We go to the doctor and then they say, oh, you have cancer. But what they don't realize is that it's that is sort of at the peak of the healing cycle, as as is proven by German New Medicine. So I was really intrigued to find out that scientifically it has been proven that the cancer is not what we have always been taught that it is. Well, I certainly remember reading that most of us have cancer cells in our body most of the time. Absolutely. And it is part of our natural re- response to eliminate them, to, to normalize them. It, it, it's quite fascinating um, to hear the description of this German doctor that by the time we actually discover it, the cancer was being healed on its own. And then we go back into fear to kind of perpetuate, if, if I'm understanding you correctly. Exactly. You we're got- perpetuating it in yes. our body. Wow. Yes. And then we try to fight it by doing chemotherapy and radiation or cutting it out surgically or whatever it is. And we've all heard the the, exper- the expression, what you resist persists. So as you're fighting that cancer, you're only fighting your own body. You're fighting the body's natural healing cycle. So you're, you interrupt the natural healing cycle of the body. Wow. So we're really not taught to work naturally with the body. We're just taught to go straight to medicine and, and pharmaceuticals and, and all that kind of thing. So it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm really passionate about helping people to understand their bodies and these cycles from a different perspective. So are you suggesting, uh, I suppose it, it's a bit far out, um, you're suggesting that uh, the heroic measures that we take are actually um, counterproductive? In many instances, yes, absolutely. Because it's the fear that's being perpetuated I mean, how, how much fear is there in chemotherapy? I mean, just, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my hair. Oh my gosh, I, what if this doesn't work? Oh my gosh, all of those things. So it's, and, and certainly it's not, I'm not suggesting that people should not do these things. I'm not making any suggestions at all other than people need to follow their own instincts. But people need much better information than we've been given from the existing paradigm of the medical, pharmaceutical, and insurance 
industries? I believe that the uh, frontier of medicine today really is the mind-body interface. And what you're describing really um, clarifies some of the mechanisms that you've experienced in your own life. As as you say, um, it, it may not be the same for everyone, but your example is a very powerful one. Um, you, you state in the book that you get to the point where the disease no longer exists in your reality. How do you internalize this? Well, what I realized was that for, for me, with that, the cancer, my realization about the cancer was that it was not a disease. It wasn't something that was attacking me. It was simply my body's response to my emotional stress. And so what I realized was that when we label something, such as cancer, we give it a construct, we give it a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it has its own life form. But if we take the label off and just work with the cells of the body, then we don't have to experience disease in the same way that we have always experienced disease. If we stop calling the diseases by their names, it really sets the body free because what we believe is what we experience. So if we believe that we have cancer, we believe that a set of circumstances is going to occur. But when we take the label off and simply work with our bodies, we free up all of those constructs and give our bodies the freedom to respond as they need to respond. So if our emotional wounds are the cause of our physical symptoms, how can we really begin to release these wounds that we've been carrying? Do, do you have any simple ways to go about it? Well, the thing that I started to do is I started to focus on the things that I desired. So what I realized was that our bodies have an energy field, and whatever is inside of our energy field is what we're projecting out into the world. So all of those emotional traumas are inside of our energy field. If we replace those things with happy, healthy, capable, certain, if we start to place our attention on those qualities, uh, we will start to amplify those qualities in our energy field. And as those high vibrational qualities begin to amplify in our field, those high vibrations will override the lower vibrations. So the more attention we place on well-being, health, happiness, joy, peace, ease, the more we place our attention there, all of the other distortions, all of those other lower vibrational things start to fall away. So I've just actually written a new book, which will be coming out in another two or three months, probably about that very thing, making it extremely simple to see how to do that. Do you have a title for the new book? Um, I have kind of a working title. <laughs> working title. <laughs> the well, simplicity of creating reality. 
I'm um, not, it's, it's just a working title. Well, but. in fact, what you describe, uh, applied to one's health is exactly the approach that people teach, uh, in the law of attraction in attracting prosperity or relationships into one's life. It is focusing on what you want in your life instead of what you don't want. They do say that, what, what is the, this phrase? Um, uh, energy flows where attention goes. Mm-hmm. So if we're always concentrating on the negative, that's what we're perpetuating. Exactly. Yes. And because, and the way, one of the ways I healed my body was I focused on that radiant health. And no matter what my body was doing, no matter what the symptoms were that I was experiencing, I just blessed them. I breathed with them. I allowed them to be. I supported my body as much as I needed to, whether I needed really good nutrition, whether I needed extra water, extra rest. And I just brought my attention back to that radiant health that I knew was inside. How long did it take you, Lisa? Um, I don't know. I probably It probably took about... Well, I actually don't even like to say how long it took me because I was doing it by myself and I wasn't being, I wasn't doing it with a coach or being supported it that way. I was just figuring this all out on my own. Mm -hmm. So however long it took me, it's going to take people way less time now (laughs) because people like me have, have blazed this trail. So there's already a path now. So people that are experiencing this now, they don't need to take as long as I did. And it didn't take me very long, mm-hmm. but they don't need to take even nearly as long as I did. If you get just a little bit of support, a little bit of awareness, um, I have, I've just uh, released an e-course, a nine module e-course on my website, aligning with your radiantly healthy self. And it takes you through nine modules of exactly how I uncreated this. And all the awarenesses that you need to become really radiantly healthy, be really in tune with your own inner intuition and guidance. And so you can actually coach yourself now right into radiant health. <laughs> <laughs> and is that on the same website, connecting you to you.com? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I have all kinds of tools in there, but. Radiant health can be very simple. That's my, that's my motto. It should be simple and fun. It's not necessarily easy, but it is really simple. Well, I must say that this is such an uplifting story you have to tell. And I uh, commend to our listeners Lisa Warner's book, The Simplicity of Self-Healing. And go to Lisa's website, connectingyoutoyou.com. That's just such a wonderful name for a website. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, Lisa, thank you so much for being with us. It's, it's been really fascinating to hear oh, it's about been your such book. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Miriam. And we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with our next guest. mind. Expand your soul. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. 
Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth Radio is conscious living for your soul every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. Have you ever wondered how to change your love paradigm? The secret key is finding a love partnership, not just a regular connection. How do you find these? Through conscious relationships. Ascending Hearts Dating is a dating site for people like you that believes in second chances and a different type of spiritual connection. Try Ascending Hearts for free today at AscendingHearts.com and change your love paradigm. Ascending Hearts, the premier dating community for the spiritually awake. know what to do, just can't figure out how to fit it all into your busy life? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Ellen Baysberg from Seamless Life. Join me every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Ohm Times Radio and learn the how of conscious living. Let me and my guests help make your life seamless. The best of holistic, spiritual, and conscious world. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. And we're back with our guest, Robbie Holtz. Um, thank you for being with us. And I am Miriam Knight of New Consciousness Review. Robbie, uh, tell us, a, I'm going to give you an intro in just a minute, except that I can't find my notes. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Miriam. How are you? <laughs> oh, this is a bit fraught. This is my first um, my first show trying to juggle three different authors. Anyway, here you are. I'm yeah, so glad to be speaking to you because, you know, Robbie is an international speaker, holistic consultant, award-winning author, and she has two memoirs, The Secrets of Aboriginal Healing and Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. Now, Robbie has worked extensively with Aboriginal healers in Australia, both she and her husband, her late husband, and using their principles, Robbie healed herself of hepatitis C and fibromyalgia. Through her books, courses, lectures, and private consultations, Robbie helps others awaken their powerful inner healer so they not only heal faster, they stay healed. Welcome, Robbie. Oh, Hi, thank Hi. you for having me. Now, your husband, Gary, was a doctor. Why did he decide to turn to Aboriginal healers to reverse his multiple sclerosis? Well, he was a physicist and, um, you know, very much a scientist, but it was obviously a very desperate move to go into the outback desert and be with a remote tribe to help him heal. He had multiple sclerosis, and he had been a quadriplegic for about seven years, uh, actually more than seven years, but he had been a uh, 
he had no feeling from the neck down for at least seven years. And the doctors told him that he really had a couple years left to live and things were shutting down. He actually had about six months. And so he couldn't find any other possible way to heal this. And he discovered that the aboriginals have remarkable healing gifts. And that actually is what brought him into that desert. It was a pretty desperate move. My goodness. And what was the, the, the principle? What, what did he experience? How was, and how was he as a Westerner able to relate to it? Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's so interesting, Miriam. They knew he was coming before he even knew of them because they're so connected and tuned into this greater consciousness. And they knew that he was coming and that they were supposed to give their healing secrets to him. Um, and he would take it out into the world because we really didn't understand how healing worked. So he went there, and he was there for actually less than 10 days with this particular remote tribe buried in the outback. And in less than 10 days' time, he regained feeling in his body, which he hadn't had for seven years, and totally transformed him. He really understood now what had created the disease and how to turn it around and um, clumsily walked on that airplane aisle, supporting himself on the seats on, on the airplane. So it was a totally different man that came back from the outback. And they, uh, they had much to tell us. They, they will tell you that it's the body, mind, and spirit are connected, and they can't be separated. And if the body, mind, and spirit are aligned, nothing, there's nothing that can't be healed. And so that was huge for him to, as a scientist, recognize that there's a lot that we can't see, especially when it comes to the, the uh, spirit, but it still exists nonetheless. That is truly mind-boggling. Um, now, can anyone tap into this healing power? You bet. Absolutely. That's my passion. I've learned since using the same principles to heal myself of hepatitis C and fibromyalgia. I mean, these diseases are simply messengers. They're wake-up calls. They're to get your attention that you need to make some changes emotionally. And so, and, and changes in your lifestyle. So it's not about fighting the cancer. It's recognizing what is the message behind the cancer. What's it's trying, trying to get you to do to change? How bad does it have to get before you make those changes? But we all have, we're powerful healers. It's just that we're blocking the healing and we need to understand what the emotional core is. That's what the Aborigines were really trying to get their point across that there's always an emotional core. And if you don't get to that emotional core and uproot it, it's just like picking the top of the damn line. It's going to come right back again. You can take those tumor cells out, but they're going to come back again unless you make those emotional changes. So even though I got a blood transfusion, there was clearly uh, the voice of my soul was involved in that. I needed to find out why um, my body had this messenger of the fibromyalgia and the hepatitis C and then fix that so I no longer needed the message. So we can tap into this healing power by recognizing how powerful our minds are and that it's about directing it to much healthier emotions that are not going to be so toxic and negative on the body. Um, it, it's really very simple. It's either fear-based stuff, which is really hard on the body, or it's love-based emotions, which are very, uh, it creates a different cell, a different response in the body. So the fastest emotions to grow uh, healing uh, is gratitude, forgiveness. Those are huge. They're going to create a different cell. And science has actually proven this stuff. Um, it's more vibrant. It's uh, perfect. Whereas this other stuff like fear, anxiety, it's a perfect breeding ground for disease because it creates a different kind of cell and a different response in the body. 
it's it's a fascinating. So we have a lot of info up on our website to help people and to I mean that's my passion is to help people recognize they're powerful healers. Your body, when you have a bruise or a cut, it knows how to heal itself. It does that. It wants to do that. You need to figure out where you're blocking that healing from happening. Well, since you mentioned your website, what is it? It's holeswellness.com, H-O-L-Z as in zebra, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S.com, holeswellness.com. We put a lot of information up there um, in the blog to help people recognize what they've been doing to create this and how to get that powerful mind on board and a higher consciousness on board to assist them to uh, beyond the mind. There's just so much more assistance available to us. Now, you say that, that your book, The Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening, takes the mystery out of enlightenment. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I mean, I was a it's kind of like how bad does it have to get before you turn around. I was a pretty sick, uh, stressed out woman, almost died twice, and living in a lot of stress. And finally going down this path of surviving and healing myself totally and recognizing that getting to that place of finding that peace, that joy that is always there flowing in us and recognizing that it's the mind that's holding us and trapping us, keeping us from feeling that peace. So you start recognizing that mind more and not buying into its fears or its stories and start allowing yourself to just go more towards that peace, that contentment, that joy, that gratitude. That's huge. And that will help not only raise your vibration, but bring greater clarity into what's really going on here. This is a soul's journey here. And what's that soul trying to tell you? And it's trying to wake us up from the mind being in control to the mind being the beautiful tool that it's designed to be and being support to the soul, not in charge. Such a beautiful message. What what would be one thing that you would like our listeners to take away from the aboriginal teachings about enlightenment? You know, it's beautiful that they will tell you that it's it's always simple. It's always simple. It's just that the mind tends to complicate. The mind tends to bring a lot of fear into it. And it's about staying in the present moment and shifting Staying in the present moment and shifting that mind into love more often. What can I be grateful for about this moment? Can I find some compassion? Can I find some compassion for myself or someone else? Those are beautiful things that will help that mind stop carrying you off into the fear of the future or the guilt or something of the past. Just getting back to that present moment. And, and and really, truly, Miriam, love is the answer. And love will heal and love will provide that joy, shifting into love as often as you can. You know, we hear it in so many ways. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this is an idea that's going to take root. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, many well, people... Many people experience an overwhelming number of problems in this kind of chaotic world we live in. Do you have an easy thing that anyone can do, not only to help themselves, but to help create a better world? I think pay attention to what kind of energy you're putting out there. What energy are you bringing into your body? Because if you're creating a lot of fear, you're allowing your mind to create a lot of fear, angst, frustration, 
um, that is an, a different um, it create not only does it create a different cell and it affects your body in a very toxic way, but that energy is going out from you to others around you. So again, come back to more loving responses. If you create gratitude in you, that radiates off of you. And what a beautiful energy to be bringing to others around you because they can feel it. We can feel other people's energy. You can walk into a room and feel it. So bring more joy into your life. What a beautiful gift to give to you and Mother Earth and everybody around you. That's a simple thing. Just take the time to enjoy and appreciate you know, the trees moving with the wind. Uh, what a gift that is to watch that dance. You know, I mean, there's just find something that makes you smile, whether it's a child or even petting a cat. These are things that will bring, open up your heart. And as you bring more love into you, that radiates out into others. And that is what will heal us all. Well, it sounds like the first thing we can do is to turn off the news because watching the news, particularly nowadays, is is a, an overwhelmingly negative experience. Exactly, and it's about what what are you adding to that? If you're adding more fear to that, then that's adding to the collective. So turn the news off and focus on the fact that there are many people who are waking up and moving forward with respect for the planet and each other, recognizing that we're all affecting each other. And there are many people around the planet that are actually moving forward with higher levels of love, higher levels of awakening. Focus on that. That's, about, that's a very powerful thing to be um, building energy towards. And, you know, if, if you can't watch this without realizing there's a purpose to all of it and it all has meaning, um, then step back away from it until you can get back to that place where you can find at least peace and acceptance. You don't have to like it, but at least find acceptance of it at the moment. Mm. Wow. Well, we have been speaking with Robbie Holtz, the author of Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening. Robbie's website is holtzwellness.com. That's H-O-L-Z wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot com. Robbie, I'm so pleased you were with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Miriam. It's been a pleasure. And please stay with us because we're going to be right back in just a few moments with our next guest. Conscious lifestyle to your world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Join Elliot Jolish, the business therapist, each Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern for the Elliot Jolish Hour as he interviews business experts on your behalf. And you're invited to email your business questions to questions at ecjgroup.com for answers live on air every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Elliot Jolish Hour. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Are you trying to get from point A to point B and need a little advice? Connect with the counselors at Ohm Times Advisors. Whether you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual intuitive, 
the advisors participating at advisors.omtimes.com were carefully chosen based on their gifts, skills, and professionalism. Ohm Times Advisors, connecting you with the best advisors in the business. Hi, my name is Monica and I'm the host of Co-Creating Now. Give yourself an opportunity to connect with your all-knowing higher self and manifest joy, love, and peace together every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern. The cutting edge of conscious radio, Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. And we are back with our final guest of the day, Tyler uh, Tischler. Tyler has a PhD in literature from Western Michigan University, and he's the author of numerous historical fiction novels set in Upper Michigan. He has written two nonfiction books, The Gothic Wanderer and King Arthur's Children. The latter was the inspiration for a new five-book historical fantasy series, The Children of Arthur, based on the premise that King Arthur had children and their descendants live among us. Welcome, Tyler. Thank you, Miriam. I'm happy to be on the show today. Tell me, was King Arthur a historical person? Well, that is a question that uh, historians and scholars have been debating for years and years, and I honestly don't think we'll ever have an answer. Um, most likely, he has some historical basis, but he's not the King Arthur of Camelot that uh, we usually envision in, in films today. So why do you think people are so interested in King Arthur still today? Well, I'm, I kind of like the idea that he isn't historical necessarily or that there may not necessarily be a historical person because we can then use him more for fictional and, and fantasy means. Um, but I think the basic reason is it just goes down to people being interested in their roots and in their history. Um, I'm very interested in genealogy myself, and I know most people, they want to find out who their famous ancestors are. And King Arthur is, you know, is one of the contenders as a, as a famous ancestor that people would like to be descended from. But don't you think that there's also a desire to recapture Camelot, this idealized uh, civilization? Yes, absolutely. I, I'm I'm sure that that is part of it. That's why uh, you know the Candy administration was known as Camelot. It was a, a a desire to to recreate that. And part of the myth of King Arthur is that he's the once and future king. He went away to Avalon. He didn't actually die. His sister took him to Avalon, where he would heal from his wounds. And he is waiting to return at the hour of Britain's greatest need. Um, it was it was thought he might return during World War II during the Battle of Britain. Obviously, he didn't. So we're we're still waiting. We're still hoping that he will return. And when that happens, of course, we can create this sort of utopian society upon the earth. So, um, how do your novels differ uh, from the other retellings of the Arthurian legend over the centuries? Well, the traditional legend that most people know is that King Arthur only had one son, Mordred, who was a bastard child raised, uh, born from incest and 
caused all kinds of problems, which led to the downfall of Camelot, and he and Arthur killed each other at the Battle of Camelot. And that means then that uh, King Arthur did not have any children to succeed him. But in my research, I found several references to children of King Arthur in earlier Welsh legends. And then there have been a few novelists here and there that have created a child for him, but the child usually dies before, the, before King Arthur does. So in, in writing my novels, I thought, well, what if he actually did have children who outlived him? What if there was a conspiracy plot to hide that or the children um, had to go into hiding because of, of their enemies? And what would it mean to us today if we found out that King Arthur did have children and were descended from King Arthur? Um, and that really isn't as far-fetched as you might think because we know from uh, modern-day uh, mathematical calculations and DNA analysis that any one of European descent alive today would be descended from everybody in Europe who had children who lived before the year 1200. And since King Arthur probably lived around the year 500, it's, it's likely that a lot of Africans and Asian-descended people are also descended from King Arthur. So really, we all are, are in a sense, King Arthur's descendants. But for the sake of my novels, I, uh, I created two, a couple characters who are descended from King Arthur. They find out they're descended from King Arthur. And then over the course of the novels... Um, I take the characters back into sort of a time travel experience where they find out about certain ancestors in different periods throughout history, not just at Camelot, which uh, is the focus of the first novel, Arthur's Legacy, but then also the time of Charlemagne, um, the fall of Constantinople up into the Victorian period and throughout the ages to track, you know, what happened to King Arthur's descendants up to the present day. What role does religion and spirituality play in your novels? Well, it, it plays, uh, I would say it, it plays quite a large role, um, not so much overtly, but more philosophically. Um, I have, I had to think about, you know, what just, what exactly does it mean that there was an Avalon? Was Avalon um, a place of the old religions in Britain, the, the Celtic religions? Um, what role does the Bible and biblical history play? Um, if if everything in the Bible is, we want to assume is true, um, and we want to assume that all these other myths um, of medieval history are true, how do you how do you connect those two ideas, and, and where does where is the fine line drawn between them? And so, not just did I have to retell the legends of Arthur and uh, other fictional characters like, uh, or other mythical people like Dracula, the fairy Melusine, but also I had to look at the biblical history and, and try to separate it and, 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 and take some liberties with it, some of which people may or may not like, but uh, you know, it, ultimately retelling those, the story of the, the uh, Garden of Eden and many of the other major biblical stories. So what would you say was your main um, kind of spiritual impetus for writing? Did did you have a a, um, a a message that you are carrying through these five novels? Yes, I would say that it it is largely a message about self esteem and just just believing in yourself and 
um, sort of dismissing the whole uh, concept of, of guilt and sin and just sort of, you know, saying that our biggest fault really is that we, we picture ourselves often as living in, in guilt or sin or letting that hold power over us that stops us from doing um, the things that we really are capable of doing, which I, I think that's really Jesus's whole mission coming to this earth was to show us that, hey, we, we have this power over death and we have this ability to create a better world and we don't have to hold on to this concept that we aren't good enough or we can't let our fears stop us from living up to our full potential and and so through retelling a lot of these these myths and legends um i'm trying to show that that where things went wrong it was because the characters gave in to human weaknesses or they allowed their fears to to sort of stop them from achieving their their goals and uh you know we we can we can make a difference and make up for what our ancestors did in the past and and move forward and they're all all of our ancestors are there in the background cheering us on i think another thing that i like about the arthurian legend uh was the notion of chivalry it really uh ushered in the age of chivalry and that um is a a set of values a a a set of of um, uh, what would you call it uh, criteria for how to behave in the world um, this band of brothers going out to do good in the world and to protect the weak and to um, to have great honor in their lives. do you think that that is one of the things that we're really missing in today's society? Oh, that, that's, a, that's a huge topic. I could go on about that for a long time. But yes, in general, I would, I would definitely say that. I, and I think a lot of that has to do with, with what I'm saying with about um, self-esteem. And, and we live, uh, especially in the, the late 20th century, early 21st century, we just have a lot of negativity and a lot of dismissing of ideas that in the past, like chivalry, really encouraged people to live to their full potential, to be their very best, to, you know, to be gentlemanly, to be kind, to, uh, you know, today anybody that would say they wanted to aspire to sainthood would be laughed at. But, um, I mean, really, those the, that that's really the message of my books is, you know, go out there and, and do your very best. And um, as, as that uh, poem anyway says, give the world the best you got and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Do the best you've got anyway. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish there, there were a little more uplifting way to say that, but absolutely. absolutely. Um, the world does have a, a way of, of uh, kicking one, but we do have this inner knight in shining armor just waiting to get out, whether we're men or women. So I love, love that um, you are bringing this energy back into the world through your books. Tyler, tell us what your website is. How can people find out more about these books? Well, my website is childrenofarthur.com and my uh 
both the nonfiction books you mentioned and my novels are listed there. The, the first two novels in the Children of Arthur series are Arthur's Legacy and Melusine's Gift, and those are both in print. The third book will be Osier's Prayer about Osier the Dane from the Charlemagne Legends, and that one I'm thinking should probably be out around January of 2016, and then the last two books will follow about a year after that. What fun. What fun. So we've been talking with Tyler Tischlar about his book, Children of Arthur. And I invite you to uh, join us on our website, New Consciousness Review, ncreview.com, and browse our free content-packed multimedia magazine and podcast archives. I want to thank Tyler for being with us today and invite you to join us next week as well. You can connect through our website, NC Review, on our Facebook page. Until next week. Uh, when we will hear more rising stars of the new consciousness, I'm Miriam Knight. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.